0: aboard this is Skipper Jeff. Classic attractions at Disney like the world famous Jungle Cruise are nothing to take for granted, especially when others consider it to be sandstone. Disney has announced changes to the Jungle Cruise at both Disneyland and Walt Disney World. This venerable uh, attraction breathes new life and changes while at the same time being thoughtful and respectful and perhaps more inclusive. We look at the changes, the announcements made, the context behind it. We also throw in our thoughts as to what's missing or what's really to be interpreted from what is being announced. So there's lots to see, lots to think about, lots to talk about here. Let's look not at one, but two stories shared by Disney parks today. One is through their Disney parks blog. The second is through their D23. Um, And you can see the announcements for both on our Disney at play uh, post. So check that out there along with uh, visuals and video links and other things that we'll uh, we'll showcase in this podcast. The first was the Disney Parks blog post. New adventures to cast off soon along the world famous Jungle Cruise at Disneyland Park and Magic Kingdom Park. At Disney Parks, we continue to look for new ways to enhance classic attractions and elevate the experience for all of our guests. Today, we're excited to share with you that we are building on the story of the Jungle Cruise at both Disneyland Park at Disneyland Resort and Magic Kingdom Park at Walt Disney World Resort to include new adventures that stay true to the experience we know and love, more humor, wildlife, and skipper heart, and also reflect and value the diversity of the world around us. There are no bigger fans of this attraction than our Imagineers, so I've invited kevin lively former jungle cruise skipper to share transmission from the world's most remote rivers hello everybody my name is
1: kevin and i'll be your imagineer dance instructor personal chef and jungle Cruise skipper for the next two minutes or as long as this transmission lasts That's right, before exploring the wilds of Walt Disney Imagineering, I was a skipper aboard the world-famous Jungle Cruise here at Disneyland Park. During my time on the river, I was able to work alongside some great people and do some pretty amazing things, including traveling to Tokyo Disneyland to help celebrate their 25th anniversary after being named one of Disneyland's top skippers. The Jungle Cruise is something that has never left me, nor do I think it ever will. In my current role as a writer at Walt Disney Imagineering, I've been honored to work with my fellow Imagineers to expand the Jungle Cruise's story on projects including the Jingle Cruise, the Tropical Hideaway, and the Jungle Navigation Company Limited Skipper Canteen. As we continue our Jungle Cruise storytelling, I'm excited to share a first look at some of the new GNU magic we're adding to the Jungle Cruise attraction at Disneyland Park and Magic Kingdom Park. See for yourself with this first look at one of the new creative concepts for our River's Journey. As part of this story update, we'll get to follow a skipper and his passengers as their journey goes awry. That's right, for the first time ever, the skipper role will not only be that of a live experience and witty guide, but also represented by a show figure within the attraction itself. In fact, the expedition will be up a tree after their sunken boat splits apart and chips board the wreckage, with monkey business ensuing. But that's not even half of the whole story. Fans of the Jungle Cruise attraction may recall some boats that used to make their way around the river but haven't been seen for a while, especially the Mekong Maiden and the Kuango Kate. Ever wonder what happened to them? Well, you might go ape when you find out. Ultimately, the jungle gets the last laugh. Imagineers gave a sneak peek to some skippers at Magic Kingdom Park. Enjoy their reactions at the end of this transmission, and stay tuned for more details about enhancements we have in store for the future of, in my personal opinion, the greatest attraction ever, Kungaloosh this is just super cool to see all these changes coming and in a way that keeps the story of the jungle cruise alive um it's very much in the spirit of the attraction so i'm super excited to see it all come together
0: it's amazing honor to be included in this uh from the beginning where we're starting to talk about it and get it out there and share it with people it's a very honor that the the skippers are being reflected inside the attraction itself Um, i think it's really cool and something that we haven't really seen at any other attraction before i'm so excited about the boat storyline like it having halves
1: in different show scenes that we can talk about and so much content with the chimpanzees is so
0: funny and I'm already excited to hear all the jokes that come along with it. What you just heard was a uh, description of what's coming by Imagineer Kevin Lively, who was once a Jungle Cruise skipper himself and has played a role in other things like Jingle Cruise and Um, the uh, Skipper Canteen, I should say that the article, which was written by Michael Ramirez, goes on to say, Imagineers are excited to invite current Jungle Cruise skippers, those you kind of heard at the end, at Disneyland Park and Magic Kingdom Park to a jungle navigation company roll call, where they will be among the first to hear more about the new adventures and wonders coming down the river. Recently, Imagineers had the chance to provide a sneak peek to a few skippers at Magic Kingdom Park. Check out the World Dis- Walt Disney World Ambassador team on Instagram at wdw.ambassador to see additional reactions and stay tuned for more details about the enhancements in store for the Jungle Cruise coming later this year. Now with that, there were a couple of quotations that were given. One was from Carmen Smith, who is the Executive Creative Development and Inclusion Strategies for Walt Disney Imagineering. She said, quote, as Imagineers, it is our responsibility to ensure experiences we create and stories we share, reflect the voices and perspectives of the world around us. With Jungle Cruise, we're bringing to life more of what people love. The humor and wit of our incredible skippers while making needed updates. Also, additionally, Kim Irvine, who is the executive creative director of Walt Disney Imagineering said, "'The Jungle Cruise has changed course many times over the years, always with the idea that the adventures along the river change from day to day. I'm fortunate to be part of the Jungle Cruise team that is carrying forward a Disney tradition of change and enhancement that was encouraged by Walt Disney. End of quote. Now, let me dissect a few things like from this uh, initial post that came out on Disney Parks blog. When you hear Kim Irvine, Kim has been responsible for some some changes that have affected um, classic Disney Land attractions. Most notably, she was at the helm of adding Disney characters to It's a Small World. And that was that was a controversial move that nobody cares about anymore because it's just wonderful and fun to check out all the, and look for all the Disney characters. It's been added to other um, It's a Small World versions, although not the one at the Magic Kingdom. But um, she's no, she, she, is, uh, she is no foreigner to balancing between admiring the heritage and respecting the traditions of classic attractions and yet keeping them fresh and new and sensible. And so that's why there's a quote there from Kim Irvine because she gets that and she's proven herself with that. Carmen brings in something that probably should have been here a long time ago, a more diverse perspective on what ought to be happening with Disney attractions. As I've noted in earlier podcasts, Disney made an announcement that in addition to its four Disney keys of safety, courtesy, show, and efficiency, they would add a new key of inclusion. Where you really see this happening is with Disney attractions. The biggest announcement of these was the changeover from Splash Mountain to Princess and the Frog. Now, that doesn't have a date attached to that attraction. So if you're looking for, when is this gonna happen? Am I gonna see this in my next visit? Well, hold your horses, because as I've said on previous podcasts, it's gonna be a little while before we see this Princess and the Frog changeover. They've already got a lot, and I'll give you some evidence of that when we end up having a chat um, with uh, Chris Beatty, who is the Walt Disney Imagineering Creative Portfolio Executive. He's going to straighten this out. It does say, or does say in the um, in the uh, article that I just read, that these enhancements in store for the Jungle Cruise are coming later this year. But we're going to see if that really plays out. Um, all that said and done... We should also note, before we get much further, these are changes being made to the Jungle Cruise at Magic Kingdom and at Disneyland. We should note that there are actually four Jungle Cruises, of course, Disneyland and Magic Kingdom. But there's also one that is almost a flip uh, side parallel to the Magic Kingdom one at Tokyo Disneyland and one that is exclusively different and new at Hong Kong Disneyland, although it draws many of the same scenes and elements that you have elsewhere. However, there are some very big differences with Hong Kong, and hopefully we'll have a chance to talk about those a little later. The other thing I wanted to say about this is that, yes, this is an effort to reflect and value the diversity of the world around us. And that's what's driving these changes. There is always a need for change and improvement at at a classic attraction like the Jungle Cruise because, well, these are older attractions and they need to be freshened up. But this change is reflected by a need to be more inclusive and more diverse. That is the driver of this. And you're going to see it play out as we read through and study the second article. And the second article is I find more interesting. It's titled, Walt Disney the Imagineering Reveals Exciting Enhancements Coming to Jungle Cruise. Okay, that's fine. It shows up in the D23 online, as a D23 online article written by Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is responsible for D23. D23 is the harbinger for all things... Um, loved and classically worshiped at Disney. And so I find it interesting in the same day that you have this, this blog post, you also have a more meaningful conversation about what's going on at D23. You have to understand that for people like myself, Baby Boomers, this attraction's been around a lot longer a lot longer than even um, things like the Tower of Terror or Indiana Jones Adventure or Big Thunder Mountain or even Pirates of the Caribbean or Haunted Mansion or It's a Small World. This goes back to the original opening of Disneyland. And so there are people who have seen this attraction from day one and it is it is probably the quintessential most Walt Disney original attraction. And so a lot of people are going to have some initial, what are you doing here? Kind of things going on here. And this is, this is an attempt to really um, massage that and make people feel good about what's happening. So let's go explore this article. Since its debut on opening day of Disneyland in 1955, Jungle Cruise has continued to grow and evolve, much like a few of the attraction skippers' favorite plants they point out on the route, like this one and this one. What was once a serious adventure through tropical waters soon made for a more humorous expedition with the signature spiel given by said talented skippers and hilarious scenes added by future Disney legend Mark Davis. Oh yeah. I'm just going to just say stop here and say this. Yeah, they're going to tie themselves to legendary Mark Davis. But Mark Davis set the precedent for making changes to classic attractions. Changes and enhancements were continually made throughout the years to keep the attraction and the spiel fresh. And today, the Disney Parks blog announced fantastic updates to the ride coming to both Disneyland and Walt Disney World resorts that give this expedition its first continuous story Fantastic updated scenes, colorful new characters, and more. We sat down with Walt Disney Imagineering Creative Portfolio Executive Chris Beatty to get all the details on everything coming to the now. And if you don't believe us, well, you know the rest. Okay, so we're going to hear Jeff Epstein pitch some questions to um, Chris Beatty. And we're going to hear the responses to them. And I think they're just... They're very important to understand and study. First question, the Jungle Cruise has evolved over the years, maybe more than any Disney Parks attraction. To which Chris says, I think the Jungle Cruise, everybody remembers now, is the Mark Davis version, which has a little, well, a lot more humor when the skippers really get going. That attraction is really all about the skippers, if you think about it. They bring the attraction to life. They are the heart and soul of it. So you couple that with Mark Davis's renderings and the characters he brought to life along the river's edge, and it's really just a win-win. That's what gives the attraction its DNA. It's what makes it a classic in so many ways. And you're right, over the years it has changed. Think about the piranhas we added at Disneyland into the Amazon, or the exploding barrels as you enter Africa. We've added some really great moments that bring new magic to that attraction through the year. So we're excited about this update, bringing new magic to our guests and giving it a fresh uh, update. Now, what are they referring to, to Mark Davis? Well, and this you can find in the Imagineering Field Guide, but you can also find at great length in Mark Davis's book, um, Imagineering the Disney Theme Parks. This story is in volume one of that, and um, and basically what that story says is, um, in 1962, which was now seven years after Disneyland opened, Walt first brought master animator Mark Davis. He'd not really done any work on Disneyland. He just said, hey, go over to Disneyland and check it out and give me your hand, give me your thoughts on what needs to happen. So um, he asked for his helping hand at designing for Disneyland. He asked Mark to take a trip to check out the park. He wanted to hear Mark's impression of the place. Mark's first comment what there was, was that there was nothing funny there. He thought the park needed some gags, and Jungle Cruise was one of the first and most recognizable efforts. And, and you're spot on with that. that. What makes the Jungle Cruise work, and if you saw a video of the original Jungle Cruise at Disneyland, it was boring, it was awful. And Mark Davis brought humor to it and kept adding and plussing humor, um, not only there in the 60s, but in the 70s. And since then, there have been other updates and, of course, new versions of it. Um, So this kind of concept of adding on and building and plussing, that's a long-term thing. What makes this different, essentially, is that there are some things that do not feel right about this attraction and that we're really long overdue for being updated. So then Jeffrey Epstein says, can you talk about why you decided to make these new updates? Chris says, we are constantly evaluating ways to enhance attractions and experiences in our parks. We want to make sure everybody has the best time. The guests from all over the world can connect with the stories we share and that how we bring those to life are respectful of the diverse world we live in. And when they get off the attraction, they know that we have done our homework because these are the details that matter. When you look at the Jungle Cruise as it is today, there are just a couple of scenes that don't do that and need a refresh. But I wanna make sure people know we are not changing the whole Jungle Cruise. This is not a re-envisioning of the entire attraction. It's the jungle cruise you know and love, with the skipper still leading the way, and at the same time, we're addressing the negative depictions of natives. So that's one of the scenes we're going to go in and change. And let's just be honest here. It needed changing. From my point of view, it's long overdue for changing. It just didn't feel right and saying as they were doing a circle dance that they hadn't learned to square it, it just was not making up. Humor in its best effort was not making up for the fact that really these, these scenes didn't, didn't seem right. So Jeffrey Epstein says, so let's talk about some of these changes. And Chris says, we want to make sure that we take this as an opportunity, right? So as we look to clean up a lot of the challenges that we have in the attraction, We want to make sure we go in and add all the humor that Mark Davis gave it all those years ago. Anything new we add will be in that tone. And for the first time, we're linking scenes together. That's important because Mark Davis was more of a gag man. He drew images of different scenes along the way, gags, but there was no connection to them. That connection is gonna be important for what we're gonna describe next. Chris says, So if you think of the famous rhino pull scene, where with a team of explorers who have somehow camped the night and and then been run up the pole by the rhino and a group of other animals, that will really kick off the storyline. Did you ever wonder who those explorers were and where they came from? What's their backstory? As part of the enhanced storyline, each of them will have their own story and cultural heritage. There's a bird watcher, an entomologist, a wildlife painter, and a photographer. And each one will have a different reason for being on the expedition. Of course, they did one of the things you're never supposed to do, which is leave the boat. And one of the things we're adding to the attraction is an animatronic skipper who's been chased up the pole by the rhino, along with the other explorers. They each have great personality. And I think our guests will connect with these characters in new ways. So we're not really re-envisioning that scene. We're just adding a narrative and storytelling that brings things to life and connects that moment with other happenings along the river. Now they depict this, this picture of everybody up the pole or up the tree, you know, and the rhino is, you know, giving it to the guy at the end. There's a couple of things when you really study this, There's a couple things to glean from this. Um, First off, if you go back to the original one, it was really this hunter with um, Africans who were basically helping carry the load through the the jungle. That evolved to a group of hunters. Hunting is gone. So when they talk about storyline, the storyline they've gotten rid of is hunting. Because that really, if we're over here at Disney's Animal Kingdom and we're talking about the importance of nature and conservation and animals, but we're over here and we're telling a couple of jokes about about hunters with guns and rifles, it's not working. It also is a group of people far more diverse. And so with five people on the pole, the one on the bottom, I would suppose, is the Jungle Cruise skipper. He's got a Congo Kate... Um, uh, uh, um uh, what do you call it? Life preserver around him. Uh, above him is a photographer uh, who is black. Above him is an artist who is a woman. Above her is a guy who is studying butterflies. And above him is a woman who is studying birds with binoculars. And in fact, she's very close to the birds because she's up at the top of the tree. So so why they say, well, we got the storyline carried through It's They got the storyline carried through because, because they're trying to get rid of the old mental, the old models that were there. And the whole model was going on safari to hunt and find and kill animals. That was the original storyline, it had a lot of humor to it, but it was also politically incorrect and not diverse in the right kind of way. What is also interesting that I should mention about this is that they seem to suggest, although the depiction doesn't give me that impression, but you almost get the impression that this scene takes place at the beginning of the Jungle Cruise. doesn't look it in the painting it looks like the same background the same beachhead that they were in before and those scenes whether you're at disneyland and the 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 scenes skip in different orders for instance uh the the elephant bathing pool is at the end of the magic kingdom and it's much more toward the beginning at the first at disneyland well in both of them they're somewhat toward the the middle, either 40% of the way through or 60% of the way through the attraction. And so this discussion here sounds like we're going to see this up front so we know what has happened. That's the impression. Then it goes on to say, and you may ask yourself, wait, what happened to their boat? And we find out that the front of the boat has been beached upon these rocks we wanted to find some humor. Uh, uh, We wanted to put something here that feels like Mark Davis had a hand in it, that has a bit of humor in it. And we wanted the animals to have the last laugh. So you'll see a family of chimpanzees has moved in. And we don't currently have chimps in this attraction. All these amazing animals have been brought to life through through the years on the Jungle Cruise. And we've never had chimpanzees. We've had gorillas. I, I should say, parenthetically, we've had gorillas. We just have never had chimpanzees. The family of chimpanzees jumps on the wreckage of the boat, and they're almost making fun of us. One is wearing a skipper's hat and is on the microphone. The mother chimp has opened up all the maps, and it looks like she's reading them. A little chimp has gotten into the wildlife painter supplies and has made a mess with paint everywhere. It's quite colorful. It's the animals really getting the last laugh in this cute scene. These silly explorers really came in and invaded their world. So you see butterflies in this scene. You see you see a chimp on the top holding an umbrella. It kind of reminds you of the umbrella Jane has. And we're going to talk about Tarzan um, and Jane a little bit later. Um... But you see a sense, but you see these same themes. You don't see, what you don't see is a gorilla or a chimpanzee, in this case, holding a gun. So we're trying to get away from this hunting paradigm. Uh, Jeffrey goes on to uh, say, I almost feel like Jingle Cruise is a link between these experiences because the Jingle Cruise, you have presents that were mistakenly dropped and throughout the cruise, we get to see what happened to them. Chris says, I agree, Jingle Cruise is great and it probably was the first time we went in and from a narrative standpoint, threaded a storyline through all the rivers. Um, okay, couple of thoughts on that. I do see that there is a little bit of a storyline I saw it more as an excuse for why we would have Christmas decorations in the middle of the jungle. I don't see a lot of arc to that storyline. I just see a lot of gifts dotted here and there and wherever they thought they could put in uh, uh, a present. But, hey, I do understand they're trying to create more of a storyline. Now, remember, and we talked about this, if you haven't caught my previous podcast, we about Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean and Jungle Cruise. Um, These attractions were like coming to a cocktail party, as Walt would put it. And you kind of hear different conversations every time you see. So you see something new every time you go through. It is in the Shanghai Disney Pirates of the Caribbean where they have been very thoughtful in putting out a story. It sounds to me like they are trying to create more of the thread of a story here um that's the impression i'm getting from this jeffrey says i feel like there is sometimes perhaps misplaced concern that when an attraction is reimagined that it is somehow not going to be as great as it was before how do you address that well before i give you chris answer the way you address that is you put it in D23, and you have these kinds of questions and this kind of conversation, and you put out really cute pictures because that's the way you're going to get people. You want to get ahead of people because you got two ends of the you got the two ends of possibilities here. You have one end that could end up being a cancel culture and trying some social media blitz to say. Um, The Jungle Cruise is irrelevant to our culture and so forth. So you're trying to get ahead of that. But then you've got the other end of the spectrum that's saying, okay, people, you're getting politically correct on me. And you know what? There's some truth to that. But at the same time, really? Should we be depicting and glorifying hunting? Should we really depict natives the way they are? Isn't it time that we kind of reflect a little different look and feel to this? So, any rate, here's Chris's response. First off, we love our fans. You could ask any Imagineer why we do what we do, and it really is to bring a smile to our fans' faces. And we're cautious because we know that anytime we go in to make changes, especially to a classic attraction, some may worry it's going to lose its magic. To make sure it doesn't, we do our homework. First, we are really leaning into our skippers. Kevin Lively, who is a writer at Imagineering, is actually a former skipper and is a writer for our show. So any changes we are making are actually being written by a former skipper. The role the skippers play is a significant part of this attraction experience. Their performance and how they bring it to life is something we all love. They are deeply passionate about this attraction too. We wanna make sure we get the skippers on board, no pun intended, and that they feel like they have some ownership in this. So that was step one. So let me stop and talk about that. You would think in a place which has small world, where we all come together, kumbaya, right? That we all work together as a team. You no, know, Disney struggles with this like any other organization. I could do a whole Disney at work presentation here, but I'm just staying at Disney at play. Here's, here's what the truth is on this most every change that's ever been made to the Jungle Cruise had no input from the Skippers. So it is really good news that they're trying to get that input up front and you need it. You need to write the joke before you put out the money to go build the joke. Um, and so I love the idea that they have brought in Kevin. I think that's, that's really good. Now to the degree they brought in current front line, yeah, they've, presented it and gotten their, their comments to be on a, on a a little video. That's good. That's nice. You want to get them on board. I don't know how much more they've done than that, but I'm, I'm glad they've done something. Okay. So let's give them credit for that aspect of it. Next. Second, Chris goes on to say, was to bring together a diverse project team. We wanted to make sure that any changes we made from a relevancy standpoint, was done right. So we've been working with Carmen Smith, Executive Creative for Creative Development and Inclusive Strategies, and her team within Imagineering to make sure that anytime we show something culturally significant, that it's done in the proper light. It's done in a way that celebrates diverse backgrounds and interests that's part of the rich storytelling, not something you poke fun at. You know, you heard the expression, let's laugh with something not laugh at something that's kind of part of it and honestly imagineering has not done a good job of being inclusive and in fact let's just go back to the jungle cruise itself in the early in the early days jungle cruise skippers were white males and that was it it took a long time to add females and i would still say it's not exactly the biggest depiction of diversity, even today. It's gotten so much better, but in the old days, it was not good on the skipper level. So do you think it was even better on the imaginary level? No. So they're making improvements, they're making changes. And honestly, if you don't do that, then you're likely to miss perspectives and any good organization needs those perspectives. And so, as a result, this kind of makes sense to be doing this. By the way, talking about getting input, I forgot to mention, you know, when when Chris talks about the idea, okay, well, you know, anytime we make changes to a classic attraction, we do our homework. Well, a big part of the homework up front was really bringing in Kim Irvine, who's been down this path before and who has found hey, it's really painful to get people to buy in onto this. So let's be upfront. Let's get them on board to begin with rather than wait till the end. And rate, and anyway, she's seen this challenge before. And, uh, and, and of course, the biggest politically correct move was the redhead, um, which um, as you remember from my discussion of pirates the other day, has been changed in Disneyland and in Magic Kingdom but has and um, also at Disneyland Paris but it has not been changed at Tokyo Disney it still maintains the original scene Uh, mind you Tokyo Disney is not owned by Disney so Disney doesn't get to make that decision Oriental Land Company has said, you know, this is just not as big a deal as you guys make it over there. Any rate, you could see how these elements kind of play out. Um, I also wanna say, I the version in Tokyo of the Jungle Cruise is a flipped over version, um, practically. You, you go start with the rainforest, like you do at Disneyland but you go the other direction um but essentially the same attraction what they did a couple of years ago is they said you know what we could build in Tarzan we could build in the Lion King we could build in the Jungle Crew or the Jungle Book as part of this now in truth there's some really cool things they did with that but for all of you out there who saying Bob Chapek only cares about IPs, guess what? They're not putting any of those elements right now in there. There might be an Easter egg or something, but they're not making this the Lion King Jungle Cruise. In fact, what I really respect about this is that at the end of the day, it's about skippers. And the skippers are their coolest thing about the Jungle Cruise. And so for those of you who are naysayers and Pessimist and say, it's all about the IP, the intellectual property, and they just want to sell movies and merchandise. You know what? None of that is happening here. And I think that's, I think there's something to be said about that. So, um, now I will go back to, um, another aspect of Tokyo in a minute, but let's keep, let's keep it going. Um, so, um, when introducing, Chris keeps going, when introducing new elements, even animals, we make sure we're, they're done in a respectful way. We reached out to Dr. Mark Penning and his team at Disney's Animal Kingdom and said, quote, look, we have these chimpanzees that are coming into this new world and we want to have fun with them. How do we make sure it's done in an authentic way for the chimpanzees? We want to have fun, but we're not making fun of the animals. His team had really great insights, and it really elevated that new scene. So the long and short of this is get, get opinion. It isn't just enough to have the diversity look in the attraction. It's that diversity of input in building the attraction. And the last part is really looking back to the source material. We went back and looked at original Mark Davis sketches. We pulled out his work and looked at what makes this scene funny and what are some of the scenes that Mark developed that he, that didn't make it. It's really important to go back, especially on a classic attraction and look at the DNA and what really makes an attraction work. What makes it funny? What makes it fun for our guests? And part of that is going back to Mark's humor and his storytelling. And Kevin is brilliant at that. Kevin does an amazing job finding that right tone that ha- um, that has that Mark Davis quality to it. And I think that's fantastic that you're pulling from your heritage. Mark Davis is one of the great contributors to this. So it's great to go back to that. And of course, they're saying that because they want you, you us who have been around this thing for five decades to still love this thing at the end of it. Uh... Question, what was the reaction from the skippers? Chris says, I was nervous first time we brought some of the skippers in just to sit with them and say, quote, here's why we're making the changes and here's some of the changes that are going to be. You could see at first some concern because obviously there's a lot of love around this attraction. But a few minutes into the presentation, the smiles came onto their faces. They loved it. The feedback from them was that it feels like classic Jungle Cruise like something they've that's always been there. Jeffrey asks, obviously, this means Skipper's feels need to change. Chris says, we're keeping a lot of the classic jokes the fans know and love like the backside of water, but it will give our Skipper some new material to play off of. So that's exciting for them. They're really excited about having some new source material. Jeffrey says, with the Jungle Cruise movie opening this year, will that be incorporated as well? Aha, well that's an interesting question, isn't it? So here's what Chris says. I'm excited about that movie and having Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt be a part of that film, but these adjustments are really focused on enhancing the existing attraction storyline and addressing some areas that needed refreshing along the way. I'm sure the film is fantastic and we're very excited about it, but integrating the film into our classic Jungle Cruise is not part of this effort. Does that mean that as Imagineers, we won't put Easter eggs in there? We'll definitely do that, but we are not adding a major storyline or character from that film. Well, let me just stop and say, well, that's kind of good news in my opinion. I, I was a little concerned that um, that I think a lot of people were concerned. What would that look like? And. It doesn't mean it won't happen in the same way that we see Johnny Depp appear in Pirates of the Caribbean, but I think it needs to be something that people welcome and embrace, not something that is forced on people. So, quote, next question from Jeffrey, is there a timeline for the enhancements? Now, remember, earlier, our little uh, blog post, a Disney Parks blog said, coming later this year oh no 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 I should I'm sorry I have to correct this and stay tuned for more details about the enhancements in store for the Jungle Cruise coming later this year <laughs> well you know if you're like me you're reading that thing oh it's coming later this year no 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 anybody knows about these directions I thought that nah, that was a flag when I read that that was I should have been a flag but in truth I wasn't reading it right here's what Chris has to say about that Um, uh, Um, he says, we haven't announced a date yet. We're working hard to make sure we can get everything in this year. Don't know what that means. I could read that two ways. I could read that as we're working hard to make sure we can get everything that we already promised in this year. And I could also read it to say we're working hard to make sure we get everything in these changes in this year. So it'll be interesting to see which way it plays out. I think it's going to be maybe something will show up before the end of the year. But I think we got a lot more time. Now, that said, I noticed the other day when I was on the Jungle Cruise, the, one of the two bull elephants was gone. That might have been a change. It might just have been that time period that there is. There's always a time period where these animals have to be taken out. By the way, that one has to be taken out by helicopter to get it out of the Jungle Cruise because the thing is massive and crazy in size. It's done before park opening. But at any rate, um, we're going to see. My guess is it's going to be later than sooner because there's a lot of things already on Imagineering's plate. It then goes on to say, thank you so much for your time. Anything else you'd like to say before we go? And Chris says, anytime we make an adjustment or a change to a classic attraction, I think back to Disney legend Marty Sklar and even back to Walt and the idea that none of these stories were meant to be frozen in time. As new technology came out, as new stories came out, as characters evolved, these attractions could grow and flex. I think we've seen that with Pirates of the Caribbean when we updated the role of the redhead. Changes are always taking place. I think it's always important to look at these classic attractions and make sure we don't disrupt the DNA of what makes the attraction resonate with our guests. It's important to us. I love these opportunities to make adjustments and bring in new magic. We'll continue to respect the magic that makes it exciting for all of our guests. That's the end of that D23 article. So let me summarize my personal takes on all of this. The Jungle Cruise, first, the Jungle Cruise has evolved over the years. And I love the play on Mark Davis being the original champion of that. In fact, his original conversation was, this is pretty boring, Walt. It needs improvement. Of course, that sounds like Mark Davis, because I think he really wanted (laughs) to add his stuff, you know? Um, That's what artists do. They have pride of work, but... But you know what, it did need improvement and it still needs improvement. The fact that there is no date out there for when this will take place makes this much more of an anticipatory move. Disney wants to get ahead of the inclusion game, not become some cancel culture moment played out in the social media. So I I congratulate that they're out there, they're saying they're doing this. I think they are sincere about getting it as soon as they can. But the fact is, They need to make these kinds of announcements like Princess and the Frog, not to be politically correct, but not to, but conversely, not to be um, on the other extreme where people are just dismissing Disney as being irrelevant in today's age. Next, this is not just about getting rid of natives, which is badly needed. It's also a chance to focus on the why go on a safari. Art, photography, butterfly hunting is now the focus, not shooting animals. Next, a a more politically correct Jungle Cruise has been evolving somewhat over the years. One such case is the removal of the shooting gun. Now, I can't remember where Disneyland last left off on this. And Magic Kingdom kind of went back and forth for a while, but it has now been several years where the gun is no longer part of the hippo scene. Um, at one point they were lifting up the gun and go bang bang or something, pretending with the gun, but not actually shooting the gun. In the early days, it was exactly, you got two shots and you had to fill the blanks and the whole thing, it was a whole process. Uh, my good friend Jeffrey No was a skipper of the Jungle Cruise. He accidentally dropped his pistol in the water and that closed off the attraction because it's a lethal firearm and that required getting the scuba divers in and all that kind of mess. So they that was a big thing. Now it's gone. And for somebody like my daughter, um, you know, she is sensitive to loud noises because of her autism and She didn't like going on the Jungle Cruise because of that very thing. Um, In another instance, uh, we got Smiley, Crocodile, and Ginger. um, And there were a bunch of crocodile jokes and those were completely downplayed. In fact, we practically looked in the other direction away from the crocodiles in the months that followed the death of a small child in the Seven Seas Lagoon after an alligator attack. So doing things to be more sensitive to others, that's not a new thing and it's not a bad thing. It, it's time to do that. It's time to be respectful that people come from a different world, part of the world, and they look at this and they, they just become a little anxious for how it looks. Next, Disney needs to make sure that its skippers show diversity. This is important because in the early days it was largely played out by young white males, but, and it's getting done better, but there even needs to be even more diversity, in my view, um, among the skipper team. That's not easy because you have to deliver a great joke as well, but if, you, if your diction doesn't work, or if your words slur, and, and it doesn't make sense, then it doesn't work. So you see this challenge. Now, mind you, you can be a typical white male, and still not be understood by anybody. So it is a talent that is not exclusive to being Caucasian. It's a talent to being a good actor. And good actors know how to get themselves heard clearly so they can get the punchline out. So anyway, diversity is important, but also, you know, great, great skippers. Um, I love the perspective of someone who was once a skipper on the Jungle Cruise being brought into the discussion. They also seem to suggest wanting feedback from other cast members as well in other areas. They seem to have shown an effort to reach across the Dr. Penning over at Animal Kingdom. I think this is a good thing. Um, Now, what I would really like to see is a little TLC on the temple portion of the Jungle Cruise in Florida, Disneyland does not have that indoor temple scene. It needs something really bad. It's dark and dingy, and it's just kind of—it's just kind of there. Tokyo Disney, even though I had gone into this whole Tarzan, uh, Jungle Book, uh, Lion King thing, they had this scene—the mystical scene—that plays out using projection technology. Imagine, you know, the same kind of things that appear on the castle at night. Imagine that playing out inside the temple. I think they really need something like that. And yeah, I know they've been very clear what we're doing things to both parks. And it's only a focus on that. But at some point, you got to pay attention to that. By the way, I need to note that it's there's a really difficult line that they have to ride. Between jungle cruise skippers and that of European colonialism that occurred in Africa and Asia, in Africa and Asia over a hundred years ago, it it needs there's a there's a a balance that needs to occur there, um, and honestly, I think Disney does that, especially with the cantina. It works really well. That said, while we're on food and beverage, let me just note that trader sam's grotto at disneyland uh, at disney's polynesian resort and trader sam's enchanted tiki bar at disneyland hotel that needs to be renamed because believe me if there's something that ought to go out the door it's trader sam that is a caricature of its own that it really wasn't all that funny the only thing that was funny was all the cannibalism jokes that skippers told and honestly there's going to probably be a day where cannibalism jokes aren't going to be uh the best thing to share either so i would just look at a different name to go with those although those are really um amazing fun places to be um it just needs to be rethought through i am glad they are sticking to a greater focus on skippers as opposed to tokyo disney where it focuses on, on the IP. Uh, again, for those who complain that Disney does too much IP, this is an example where it is not happening. And I think that's important. And then finally, again, I know they're just looking at the diversity issues with these changes, but uh, I'll put a link in the climactic ending, such as the one given in the Hong Kong Disneyland version is so needed in these attractions. That is an amazing ending to that ride. And they need something like that. They really do. Something that kind of gets the energy level up. Right now, one of the problems is, is that the beginning of the ride and the end of the ride are painfully uninteresting. The middle is great, but those, those two bookends really do need some focus added to it. So hopefully we'll see that uh, at some point in changes to come. Well, that does it for another very big, very busy um, podcast. And we appreciate you joining us. We hope that you find value in spending time with us. If you do, please go over to itunes where those metrics determine who gets uh notice because we're the we're a small little podcast um but uh with your good rating and your good review we could be maybe a little bit more notice and we we kind of appreciate that also head over to Jeff cober our my youtube channel subscribe to that as well as subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already because we we really want to make sure you get noticed when new things come out. And we've got lots of new things coming out. In fact, if you want really great value, if you want really something new and exciting, visit our Patreon site, uh, the Wayfinder Society, where we celebrate amazing, cool things at Disney and interactive apps that you can enjoy that has a variety of... Of stories and multimedia videos and photos, and uh, it's all interactive and it's, it's really quite cool. Go check that out and see if you can help support a little bit of this podcast so that we can keep bringing the magic to all of you. Again, thank you so much for being a part. In the words of Sinbad's storybook voyage, always, always, always follow the compass of your heart, even when you're on safari have a great day we'll see you real soon